that's a growler. Hello and welcome to The Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and falling skies, the movie The Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howarth. And I'm Tierney Steele. Today we are talking about Minute 14 of The Neverending Story. Welcome back. Welcome to Friday. Oh, two weeks down. I can't believe we've gotten this far. I know, and we're in Fantasia. This is great. We made it. (laughs) We're in the story, guys. Minute 14 starts with the rock biter sitting down and shaking the entire forest, and it ends with him proving why he's called a rock biter. Now, is he a rock biter? The rock biter? He is a rock biter of the okay. race rock biters. His actual name is Pjorn Kraksark. How often did you practice that before saying it? <laughs> Twice, at least. Good job. Uh, uh, Pjorn Kraksark in the book. He's mentioned as that in the book, in the movie. He doesn't necessarily have a name. It's enough to know him as the rock biter of other oddly named creatures in the scene in the book. There's one more. There's a will-o'-wisp who joins this party and his name is Blub. <laughs> I'll gladly pronounce that sure, one. Sure. The, the easy one to say is the one that they didn't <laughs> use in the movie. Of course. Although to be fair, the description of the book and 1984, it's very Tinkerbell. You know, you with mean? the flashing light, and you almost feel like the music should be playing as the light goes across. Right. It, it reminds me so much of how they did Tinkerbell in um, the Mary Martin version of Peter Pan. Okay. It's like the light. going. Maybe this is just me. You got me. All right. <laughs> in no, the live-action Peter Pan, which stars Mary Martin as Peter Pan. Yes, she's playing a boy. Uh-huh. I was very confused as a child. I feel like I should warn you, not all of that show holds up. The Native <laughs> American scene with Tiger Lily is incredibly problematic to watch now. But I watched it a million times as a kid. And for Tinkerbell, they have just a light that's flickering that's going around. It's not holding the flashlight, probably. Okay. And there's like a tinkling noise that accompanies it. And that's all I can think of when they're describing blood moving around the forest, the way they describe it zigging and zagging and moving back and forth. Right. But I like that we have, as I know them, Rockbiter, Mr. Top Hat, and Billy from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> we get some of our first real dialogue here from um, Night Hob and Teeny Weenie. And this is where you can clearly see that the voices get 80 yard. The voice doesn't necessarily exactly match up with the way his mouth is moving. It looks like he's trying to say the same syllables, or maybe they just found words that would fit it, but he's definitely not saying these words and they're not being recorded here. I'm the worst movies by minutes host ever. My suspension of disbelief took over and I didn't even notice that. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. I probably only noticed it because I looked up the fact that he was in all German movies. So then I started looking at his lips while he was talking. Well, I, as I mentioned, this minute starts with the shaking caused by Rockbiter sitting down, which sends... Teeny Weenie and the Hobnob crashing to their feet. Classic Star Trek acting right here. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And then it's followed by the snail sneezing. Yes. Guys, I love this minute. They it makes took- me so happy. <laughs> the special effects team took the time to make the snail sneeze. 
It doesn't help the story at all. It doesn't build a character. It's just there because they could do it and they thought it was awesome and it was needed. It's pretty cool. And in 2017, it res- would result in six exclamation points in my notes. <laughs> um, I do have one problem, though. I don't know if I have caught an error or not. Okay. They show the wide view of the campsite. He, I'm not getting too far ahead. The rock biter picks up a piece of rock. Was someone standing on the piece he picks up, or is it a weird shadow? Because it looks like Billy from Hocus Pocus goes tumbling off it, but that doesn't match any of the other shots. Oh, no, it's just a little tree branch that was sitting on top of the rock. Okay, okay, so there's a tree branch and it forks, and that's why it kind of looks like... Yep, exactly, it looks like legs flying up into the sky. I feel so much better knowing that. Man, guys, it's been hard. Wondering for 14 minutes. We have a great view of his hand here. Mm-hmm. They even took, for some reason, rock biters have nails. Why not? <laughs> I don't know if they trim those or if they chew those and oh! or, <laughs> or what, but. They, they bite their nails. <laughs> it's all coming together, guys. So we get, again get the frantic scramble around the camp. Mm-hmm. Now, do they think he's going to... Well, no, that doesn't make sense. He doesn't look like he's going to pick them up to eat. But they mm-hmm. both panic and do more ineffectual running around. Right, I think it's just because of his general size. I think they're scared they're going to get hurt because he's big and he might accidentally do something. But they're not scared of him. No. Okay, okay. I think they're just scared of, that he might be clumsy. Well, it's hard because they're definitely reading as panicked. Right. But not scared. And so it's it's a little hard to parse. You have to imagine that any move that guy makes is going to terrify them because they have no idea how it's going to result. That's true. That's true. And and I do love it, it's from his last line of the minute, but Billy from Hocus Pocus has a lot of sass for someone so freaked out. Yes. I, I wrote out the, the 80s have struck again, guys. Uh-oh. The rock binder says a delicious looking limestone rock. Nice bouquet. Must be a real vintage year. Yes. So the yuppies are back in our movie, The NeverEnding Story. <laughs> we thought we left them out on the street out there, but they're back. We thought they went to work with Bastian's dad, but no. We're going to get a little wine snobbery here. little um puppeteering note for the Rockbiter. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to all these facial features that they could do. They could, He can move his mouth. He can move his eyes. He can also wiggle the top of his head. If you look at seven second 36, 37, huh. the top of his head actually wiggles separately from the rest of him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I pretty- mean, it makes sense. You can kind of see like the line where he is. Oh, my God, that had the volume on. I'm so sorry. Okay. I just jumped about two feet. <laughs> yeah, because the way he... I love that his ears are so high up. Oh, man. I hope everyone listening along, watching along at home is enjoying the look of the rock biter. Because it's an interesting face with with his little tiny ears up there. and <laughs> It's great. Although I was very confused because I was also a huge fan at the same time I was into this movie. I was into the book, the BFG. And there the whole thing is to have big ears. So. Right. I was very confused on how giants worked, but other than that, it's fantastic. Like I said, I still don't understand, especially now having the adult eyes, is is he actually giant? 
Or is he regular sized and they're just super tiny? Or is it a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go down this road. (laughs) So we get some more great looks at the makeup on on Night Hob as he um, talks back to the giant. I don't know how they're supposed to hear each other, but... I absolutely have this note. I I love this so much. And his giant hoop earring is prominently displayed yes. in this minute. I swear, his eyebrows seem to get even bigger when he's running over to Mr. Top Hat. Every single time. This, it's like oh. they grow as we're watching it. Oh, maybe they are. I It's really good. And he looks fantastic. Yeah, they were not scared to get up front, up close and, and personal in his space and let us really see the, the, wor- see the work that the artist did with him. Mm-hmm. And in the background is Tiny and or Nighthob talk. You can see that the bat is still sleeping soundly. Or as my notes say, the bat is still, still is in all capital letters, uh, asleep. Ha, ha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, this bat is not waking up for anything. They went tumbling to the ground and the bat still didn't wake up. He reaches down, he gets this rock, holds it up. Now they even went to a lot of trouble with making this rock look exactly like it should. It's beautiful. Yes. If you look up lime rocks, they've got that same kind of texture to them, that sheen and shine to them. And it actually looks like it might actually be good to eat. Now, when you took earth science at my school, it was ninth grade. Did you have to do the thing where you learned to identify the different rocks, including licking them? I think I do remember that. Yes. I feel like you wouldn't forget when a class of 20 people all licked a rock. Yes. Times were I, different then. We were we were exposed to much different things. It wasn't that long ago. It was in the new millennium. Well, it might have been 1999 now that I think about it. But still, we should have known better. And remember, I was I'm about eight years older than you are, too. So I feel like any time after... Oh, I don't know. 1649. (laughs) I just made up a year, but I feel like maybe everyone licking the same rock was not the greatest idea. I don't know how we didn't all get mono. It worked out okay in the end. We exposed ourselves to germs, therefore making ourselves more resistant to them. All our earned chickenpox antibodies protected us. Exactly. (laughs) I thought that was so gross. And I wasn't just annoyed because that was the class I... I think that was the science class I did worst in. So my question, when he eats this rock... Yes. How in the world do these rock biters survive when so little actually goes into their mouth? Well, maybe he's just a very messy eater, but he can, like, pick up the crumbs afterwards. Uh, Possibly. I do know that in the book it says that one rock about the size of the one he eats here is good enough to sustain them for like a week or something like that. Oh, good. We can talk about the book. So in the book, they talk about the species of rock biters and how they live in the mountains and how they've been living there. And even though they only need a little bite to sustain themselves, you know, like you just said, these are not high protein. These are very filling rocks that they've lived there for so long that the mountains look like Swiss cheese. Yes. The art, the author of this book did a great job of explaining this stuff and really pulling you in without making it drudging. Mm-hmm. If that's a good way to put it, he didn't make it tiresome to read about these descriptions. He kept it inventive and, and gave you such good metaphors that you could easily picture in your mind what was going on. 
Well, and they're very quick. Yes. None of these are long paragraphs. All I mean, the description we're giving you is almost all the description. So, yes, a, a little rock goes a long way. And he almost kills everybody in the camp just by eating this rock. <laughs> he seems to forget that he's got people that are, you know, the size of his toe down there. <laughs> and Usually messy eaters are just annoying, not dangerous. Right. This time he's actually dangerous and luckily nobody gets hurt. Well, so far. So Maybe far. everyone dies in the next minute. We don't know yet. You have to come back on Monday to find out. All right, Tierney, tell me a <laughs> couple of places that people can find us. They can find us on Twitter at Nev and Min. They can look us up on Facebook. If they really like us, they can join our listener society. And or they can leave us a review on iTunes so that more people find our podcast. And they also can find us on growlermedia.com. We're very grateful to Growler for hosting us. Is that the right word? What? How would you phrase that? Producing, maybe? Ah, we're very grateful to our producers over at Growler Media. It's really nice to be a part of that site. And they have another Movies by Minute podcast on the animated movie Beauty and the Beast. If you like this format and want to check that out. There's also tons of other Movies by Minutes podcasts that you can find if you look them up. If there's a movie you like, just search for it. There's probably a podcast. Uh, Moviesbyminutes.com has what's currently in production or has completed production. Right. And our show is on there now. We're we're happy to be there finally. It took a little while to get all our pre-production stuff ready. But now that we're up and running, we're happy we can be here with you guys. And we hope you enjoy what we've done so far. If you have any suggestions, go like she said, go to the Facebook page. If you want to talk to us or send us a message, you can also send an email to neverendingminute at outlook.com and we'd be happy to read it. And if it's interesting or applies to minutes coming up or maybe you notice something that you wanted to talk about in past minutes, we can try to read those on the air if we get any. We'd be happy to. Now, you'd think I'd have used all that pre-production time to do research, but I mostly just found it wondering how much sleep is normal for a bat and whether or not they can snore. <laughs> All right, Tierney. Well, it's been a great week. Um, we go. Hope you guys will join us again on Monday. We have a lot more Fantasia to talk about. And apparently these guys are going to take some kind of a trip. But that's another sleepy story. And it shall be told another sleepy time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.